What's up? This is Dana Dentata, and you're listening to Interview Under Fire. <laughs> guys and girls welcome back once again to a new edition of interview under fire this is your host sunny here and today i have the honor in speaking with a multi-talented artist in dana dentata so pumped for this uh dana thank you so much for joining our iuf series today now this is an exciting time of the year for you with the release of your debut full-length album panty christ which has risen play on words obviously uh here on september 3rd through roadrunner records and it's only been a week and i just want to start things off by you know, commending you on all the well-deserved, you know, recognition this has been getting so far. And shout out to these other revered publications like Kerrang! And, and Discover and Revolver who have been praising your work. There's just so much to unravel about this unique and mind-blowing record and who you are all about. But before we get to all that and beyond, uh, and we talked about it before the interview started, uh, how are you holding up these days? And, I, and you know, I, obviously I was going to ask if you had that uh, meaning me that your awesome dedicated fan made for you, which was seen on the magazine photo shoot for Kerrang. <laughs> yes. Yes. She has, she comes in this like insane, intricate box as well. So it's like, it's this whole thing. It's like, I don't even, I'm still like, I just like put it in the corner of my room and I'm like staring at it. Like <laughs> I can't even process how amazing this is so far. It's really sick. Um, and yeah, that was an amazing present. Um, having the album out, I feel it's so weird. I feel so peaceful and calm and happy, which I wanted to feel, but I was also expecting to have postpartum from giving birth to this album. Like, you know, I thought I was going to go into like postpartum depression and instead it's everything I wanted it to be, which is like, I just feel like calm. There's a bunch of helicopters. It's okay. <laughs> over me right now. I, I was I was gonna say as you're talking as you <laughs> as you're talking about the album and like and like how you feel so good. I love how the sun is like right above your head, as if like uh, you're an angel or like some sort. You know? Yeah, yeah. You see, yeah, you see exactly what I'm talking about. <laughs> that was so. That's perfect. And um, if anyone who hasn't seen it already, go check out that Kerrang uh, photo shoot. And and you're on the cover of the current issue, which is just a thing of beauty. Now. Um, I know you're originally from a suburb of Toronto and before I sound like an idiot, yes. how do you say the name? Like it starts with an E. E, Etobicoke. Okay. Etobicoke. Now, and obviously now you're in the city of angels. Are you in LA or are you in San Diego? Yeah, I'm in LA. I'm in, uh, Echo Park. Okay. Where I live. And yeah, I'm, I'm on the roof of my building. You can see it's like fucking just yeah, that looks oh, that looks like awesome. <laughs> amazingness, mountains. It's really sick. Yeah. So and yeah, have you seen um, "Don't Fuck with Cats"? No. What is that? It's a documentary about this murderer named Luca Magnata who like tortured cats and then um, like killed this guy on. In that documentary, they famously call it like Etobicoke. <laughs> They're saying it wrong, so it just reminded me of that. But it's Etobicoke, yeah. I'm gonna have to. I'm gonna have to look that up now. Now that's that's definitely something that I didn't even see on my radar. But now you you kind of just put it on there. I would just stay up there if I were you, because here in Texas, I can't even step outside without not even breaking a sweat. So I'm always jealous of the the weather that you guys get out there. LA is my second home, by the way. I'll actually be in the oh, okay. city in uh in a month actually so i have a lot of friends out there i went to film school for three years out there in la so i'm very familiar with the area now it's you know it, it is the best and uh obviously we talked about toronto and la what is the biggest change or difference you've noticed between the two places you've resided in even just like the music scene i know you've been out there just for a couple of years but what have you yeah. seen i was just telling my boyfriend actually like before this interview that like the people, I think it's also like entertainment industry, like New York and LA. It's just like the people here, like with people being fake and having a hidden agenda and like whatever, like, you know, manipulative, trying to social climb and shit. Like they don't even like make them like that in Canada. And it's like, 
it's not even that I was like the most naive coming out here, but it was like they literally do not even make people like capable of that mm. in Canada. I'd never experienced it. So I just got like totally I got my ass handed to me when I came out here. It's like, oh, all these people are so nice. They want to be my friend. Like <laughs> and and then just like realizing, oh, man, it's like a whole other thing out here where you got to be really careful about who's genuine and who's not not to say there aren't genuine awesome people out here because there are but it's like mm-hmm. you really got to be careful and keep a tight circle and so that to me is the biggest difference is like friend wise it was it's a whole other different experience it's not even like Dana in a local band in the city it's like you know it's just different here like everyone comes here for something they want something so everybody wants something all the time like that that was difficult for me to adjust to but the weather is amazing (laughs) and that makes up for it (laughs) i mean just the fact that this i hope this entire interview just ends up with the sun on your on, (laughs) on the top of your head this is this is like the perfect scenario we have going on here you know that's one thing i definitely learned being out in la for the time that I have been, it's, it's at least for me, it was about the people, you know, and talking about keeping the circle closed. And obviously my circle, it's been going smaller and smaller over the years, but it, but you have a circle, you know, at least, as long as you have someone out there to support you and um, you got to really pick and choose your <laughs> friends, which is an easier said than done thing. But I feel like we could just talk about that subject alone forever. Um, yeah. Now, now I want to talk about this because um this is very unique about you. The origins of the name dentata is translated from vagina dentata, which is an actual phobia. Is that right? Yes. It's like a mythological tale. Well, it reminds me of that movie. Um, that came out like, what is it? 10 years Teeth. ago. Teeth. Yes. I've seen that movie. Have you seen that movie? Of course. Yeah. It's a weird movie, but that's the first thing that came to my mind. I'm like, I'm like, did she get her name from that? But I, I wonder when you came down with the name, did you have other ideas in mind? I don't know what you can and cannot say about that. It's like, I want to go with no, Dentata. Yeah. Like. <laughs> well, it was it was my all-girl punk band in Toronto that I had when I was 18. And like we, are, mm-hmm. we got together, we started playing, we wrote a song, and we were like, fuck, what do we call ourselves? And we would come up with a couple different names and just like I my best friend was really into horror movies and you know like mythology and stuff like that so we had known about vagina dentata in that whole story the mythological story behind it like with the goddess of night and death and everything and yeah to me it was like it was like I thought Dentata, like it reminded me of Nirvana, which I think is like the best band name ever. And it was like Nirvana, Dentata, Dentata. you know? <laughs> yeah. So then I, I really liked it in that sense. And then, of course, obviously, the meaning behind it ruled too. We were like an all girl punk band screaming, bad boy, piece of shit, suck my dick, like fuck you. So it really worked out in that way and then because my name is dana i never was like i'm dana dentata it was like Hmm. people just ended up calling me dana dentata because i was in the band and so i just eventually was like embrace that like okay that's just my name because that it just happened naturally i didn't even try so it's meant to be yeah and you've been on quite the journey and uh, again that that's like uh if we're just going to talk about your journey just by itself, we could talk about that forever, but I'm going to sum it up here and correct me if I'm wrong. I know you grew up listening to Whitney Houston, uh, Spice Girls, Spice Girls. I love the Spice Girls, by the way. That's a kind of a, oh, yeah. it's not even a secret anymore. This one, I covered a Spice Girls song over the holiday, believe it or not. Fuck yeah. Um, Fuck yeah. I can't believe I'm even mentioning that, but you know, I know you, li- you grew up listening to 50 Cent and then Limp Biscuit. I know you've done, uh, you have a history, you know, modeling and, and, and dancing in strip clubs and then playing guitar in, in the punk band, like you mentioned, Dentata to the birth of Dana Dentata. I know it's yeah. kind of, it feels like an overwhelming list as I'm, you know, listing this out, but does it feel like everything also just went by in a blink at the same time? Yeah, sometimes it does. Or sometimes I feel like maybe 
like my life was going and then I hit the pause button and then all this fucking shit happened mm. on fast forward in between and then hit on pause. If that makes sense. Like so there's, there's chapters in my life where it's like, Jesus, did that even happen? Like I've, I've had nine lives. I've done so many things. Like I've, you know, I've done all those things and then, and then there's more and yeah. it's like, God, I don't even, I don't even know. It's a lot of people are telling me now's a good time to start writing the book about my life because there's so much. And it's like, I'm, I'm ready and I want to tell my story and I want to like say everybody's fucking name in my story. And you should it's like absolutely going to. And it's like, fuck, where do I even start? I guess I got to start from the beginning, but I have to start just like getting down pieces and chunks from different times. It's like I was like basically like a stepmom housewife for three and a half years. At one point, I was the last ever American apparel model and watched the owner Dove Charney like lose his whole business right before my eyes as if like my presence just help that crumble and like yeah just so many different aspects of my life the dancing the modeling the bands traveling the world like underage alone just so many things it's just like what even happened i don't know <laughs> yeah it, it kind of just flashes before your eyes and it all of a sudden here you are you know and a big part of what makes dana dentata Dana Dentata is the live presence that you exhibit on stage, considering the fact that you do, do wear these, uh, you know, different kinds of makeup and you have these intense thematics and even horror themes on the on the performance setting. You know, again, this ties into, you know, my experience with film school. I appreciate art when I see it. Uh, does this feel like this was the real you all along or is it a different persona that you're taking on when on stage? Like it helps with the presentation of who yeah, Dana Dentata is. That's so interesting. There's this book that I'm reading um, called The Alter Ego Effect. Hmm. And it talks about the alter ego and how you can go into this mode and, and it's like your superpower. But the, the actual theory I'm trying to wrap my head around is like, say like Superman, like Superman is who he really is. Clark Kent is actually his alter ego. Right. But Superman's who he really is. So then it's like, Dana Dentata is, is like, that's the inner, my inner superhero. Like, yes, I think that is who I really am. And it's my essence. But what it's been for me the last 10 years or whatever is, is like, yeah, it's this kind of protector. It's also part of dissociation disorder is having different identities, which it tied in. It is a dissociative identity but it's also the alter ego so it's kind of like a combo of both where it's like this this alter person I become who is untouchable and is safe and protected and will murder any man that tries to hurt her and and that just that just birthed through performing in my band that kind of started happening and before I even could even understand, it was like, I was like, wow, why did I tell all those people to fuck off last night? Like, I'm actually like a nice Canadian girl, like <laughs> wouldn't do that. And yet, like Dana Dentata will like say fuck you to whoever and just be like insane and do all this insane stuff. It just like took over. But now now that I've done a lot of therapy and and, you know, like taking a big look at like every aspect of what I do, I understand now that, yeah, that's the alter ego, um, sort of my, my inner protector coming out. It's almost like everyone kind of needs that alter ego to kind of like, there's an extension of myself that I want to put out there. You know, like I'm a, I'm a, like here I am talking to someone like you and, you know, I would probably be a different person after this interview, you know, that that's, is that weird to say? Like, it's the same thing when I'm at a concert or I'm at like a sports event. And it's just, um, I don't know, something simple as that. You, you really unleash a different side of you that you that a lot of people don't really have the privilege or honor in, in knowing, you know, like the full you, 
it sounds right. very cliche, but, you know, portraying the music in a visual representation. And I want to reference the resurrection of Dana Dentata, which is, I don't feel like that gets uh, talked about enough because this is the eight, this, this eight chapter. Uh, it's like this monologue. I, I don't even know what to call it. I know we're almost a year removed from that dropping, but obviously my listeners already know about my time in film school. And um, have you ever done anything like that as far as a, on a production standpoint? Because you went above and beyond and then some. I mean, uh, even showcased your 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 stripping talents. Even you even brought the guitar back out from your you know punk rock days. I love everything. You kind of just everything about who you are. Have you done anything like that before? Or was it just like kind of like a one off? Would you do something like that again? Well, it was very tied into my life and the real Dana and it was it was to represent the like I had a major intense year while like right before that was happening where you know I unlocked like trauma from 15 years ago like I basically like figured out who the fuck I was I had a psychotic breakdown slash spiritual awakening where like angels came and saved me and I figured out all the trauma that's happened to me and the dissociation. And like, I made it, it happened in one day. And then ever since then I've changed my life completely. I'm a different person. I'm so much more healed and I'm aware and present. And like, I understand exactly what happened to me and exactly who the fuck I am. And before this, I couldn't tell you who I was even. It was like just years of so much trauma going untreated. Um, so it was like, I didn't even know who I was. Wait, I just went, where, what were we talking about? Cause I just like, go <laughs> no, 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 that's okay. That's okay. You answered your question because, um, I want to point out if anyone who hasn't seen the resurrection of the Dentata, please do it's, it's 20 minutes video, but it, it doesn't feel like 20 minutes at all. It was over in a flash for me. And I was just so mesmerized. I mean, from it was like chapters like rest in pieces welcome to hell enter the grave uh, uh child support towards the end and then to resurrection it's so creative um again that's another part i feel like i could talk about forever that's well you know what i feel like people who really like respect and appreciate artistry are mm. like really the resurrection like resonated with them i think it yeah. was like maybe it went over people's heads because it was so intricate and such an art piece not just like a 20 minute live show, you know, there's like so much to think about in there. And yeah, it very much represents like my life and what the struggle I went through, the pain I went through, the demons I was surrounded by. And like, I finally really wanted, it was like, I, that's when I realized, oh, when I have these demon people in my art, like, the, there could be like a fucking Netflix special about like the people who have played my demons and like the drama that's happened behind the scenes with that. Like we've had demons threatening to beat the shit out of us. Like there, there's been inter demon beef, like my past demons, like physically the guys who wear the prosthetics and makeup and stuff yeah. and go on stage with me. Like my past demons have, have fought my, present demons and it was like I was afraid to go out for like two years because one of the demons wanted to kill me and like literally and this is for me having demons in my art to represent men in my life and then it was like becoming more than just the art it was like I was adding even more demons to my real life so that's like I realized all my trauma and everything and I realized what I'm doing is I'm swimming in my own darkness. I'm swimming in my shit and I need to clear it out and make it positive and aim towards the positive or else I'm always going to be in this insanely dramatic, evil, demonic, have shit people around me all the time for the rest of my life. So I needed the demon to be murdered and ripped to shreds. That's why we tore the fuck out of him and took all his organs out and everything. It was like, I need this demon to be dead. He's not coming back to life. Like this is it. He's dying. It's done. That's I had to like perform that and act that out for that to actually like activate in my real life. Like all my performances, I'm, I'm also doing basically like physical therapy where I'm like acting out the thing to then ignite it into real life 
So like for me, that demon, like that whole shoot everything, it's like I needed to actually physically kill the demon for it to die in my art and in my life. And yeah, there was so much peace after that. And the fact that you're able to channel all that into something productive as, as uh, just a production like that, I think really shows a dedication to your craft. And I think it, it can also serve as kind of like a message to other people out there, how you can channel whatever it is that's inside you into something productive instead of God forbid, going out there, hurting yourself, hurting others, you know, and it's, it's a common thing, you know, and yeah. I, I, that's kind of like a message embedded within the message. And I love that about what you're doing. And additionally i know i mentioned this earlier you have this fan community which is called the dentities and that exists and talk about them because that's your dedicated and growing fan base when did that start is that is that a kind of a a base that you engage with often obviously we talked about the fan who made that mini me of yours as an australian fan i think you actually called her the queen of the dentities is that right yes yes yeah, <laughs> go ahead. Talk about that. Whatever you want to share about that, because I think that's just an amazing uh, a part of who you are as well. Yeah, I mean, fuck, that's that's like the reason I even am doing this, you know, mm. um, and they're called dentities because dentata obviously is dentata is tatas. Yeah. So it's like tatas, titties. Um, but yeah, the dentities. Um, I feel like the music I make, it draws a lot of people towards me that relate and can understand the messages in my songs immediately and have felt that frustration and have been abused and are vulnerable people. And even with my masculinity, like the way that I talk about sexuality and everything, I think I do it from a very masculine standpoint and like they were the ones once I started playing shows like they I started hearing like daddy daddy and then I was like why the fuck at first I was like why the fuck are they calling me daddy like why are they calling me a dude perfect all my life like my even like in like kindergarten and shit my girlfriends would be like can you pretend to be my boyfriend like I was always like the masculine one and they always like wanted me to be the boyfriend so then when like everyone was like daddy I was like oh what is this it's happening again but then like I talked to someone about and they were like you need to really like think deeper and look deeper into why they're calling you daddy and I think you need to embrace that I think it's really important like you're representing this masculinity that is soothing to other women you know Mm. and that was really sick and then I started to actually just embrace that and use that and now I call myself daddy and I've I've learned to love and use more of my inner daddy. And that's been great for me in my life. <laughs> Man, uh, shout out to the Dentities for just existing and just being a, a extension of who you are. Another another extension of who you are. Now, speaking, are. And speaking of the music you make, Dana, we talked about everything except Panty Christ. Let's talk about that now because <laughs> that dropped. I uh, Good Lord. Um, my mind is exploding right now because it dropped September 3rd on Roadrunner. Before we get into the nitty gritty on Panty Christ, Roadrunner Records. Let's talk about them for a second because this makes you the first female solo artist to sign with someone like Roadrunner. I want to make sure people know that. And this yes. puts you label mates alongside bands like Slipknot and Korn and my personal favorite band of all time, Gojira. What is it like kicking off this part of your career with such a prominent label like Roadrunner? Because I feel like the art and vision was something that was important to you. And I believe they helped you deliver that. Yes. I knew, I, I met with literally every label, every A&R and like, not that everyone wanted to sign me, but like, you know, I think a lot of people pretend to get what I'm doing and then have the intention of then changing it. Mm-hmm. And I knew that this could not be fucked up. Like I needed to execute what I needed to execute. And, Meeting with Roadrunner, I just knew that they weren't going to try to change me. They were going to let me be exactly what I wanted and and present this in the way that I wanted to. And they trusted me and I felt that. And I just, they, they were like fucking human beings, whereas everyone else was like a little bit weird. They were more human. And I just, yeah, I knew. Plus the fact that 
it would be making history signing to them. You know, I thought like, because what I want, I want to make changes and enter lanes that have not already been explored because that's where the work gets done. It's like, if I were to sign to like this all woman label, it's like, I'd be in my echo chamber. Whereas like, I'm doing way more what I want to with like, having strong women be in scenes where it's not, you know, I think it's like, it's so much more epic to do that and do something groundbreaking instead of like go to Interscope or whatever the fuck, you know, like the fact that they've never had a woman ever in, in their 30 years of existence. It's like this, this is, um, it's a gravitational shift, you know, I'm shifting yeah. culture. It's only, it's only 2021, right? <laughs> I know. Right. So it's like, God, you guys needed, you needed this long time ago, but I'm happy to be that person to do it. Um, so stoked on that. And yeah, they just, they really appreciate me and the meaning behind what I do. And, and that was epic. It was also nice coming from metal and punk. Like I went and did I kind of left metal and punk at one point in my early twenties and like got swept up into like Hollywood and modeling and like all this dissociative identity disorders, exploring the other identities that I have. And then it was kind of nice to like come back and have like the community where I came from, like, be like, we're fucking here supporting you. Like we got you. It feels very family in that sense. So it's like, it's like coming home, you know, like even, Dana Dentata like I wasn't Dana Dentata for like many years in my 20s and then I went back to her so it's like very much like I got thrown out like into the world and then came back and Roadrunner was like we fucking got you we're ready you're ready now we're ready now and you're right yeah and you're right where you belong and great job Roadrunner because they they got you they got you and that's that's a huge win on their end now, I'm going to exhale here because, good God, I don't think I have any words to describe this this album. It's an experience because that's what this is. It's an experience. Now, this is the follow-up to your 2019 six-track EP, Daddy Loves You, Daddy. And knowing that this is your full-length debut, Dana, have you ever, if at all, felt any sort of, I don't know, pressure doing this whole process? Or does it make it easier knowing, fuck it, this is my first album. I don't have anything to lose. Has that ever crossed your mind? Um, no, this is always felt like it's extremely, extremely important to me. And that like my life has been leading up to this moment for real. Like that's it's it's like almost like even I don't want to say this because it's not good to like put everything into one thing. But like, I really do feel like this album in so many ways is like my purpose. It's why I'm even here on this earth. Why I'm still breathing is, is cause I needed to do this in this way, exactly how I executed it. Yeah. And, and that, that's okay to say that, you know, you, you even took, you know, shock rock and horror core to a whole different level. You also mentioned how you wanted to, what is it? Sing, scream, whisper, everything. Check, 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 check. Right. You, you've done all that. And then some, I grew up in new metal bands, you know, like Korn, like I mentioned, Mudbane, System of a Down. The sound really catered to someone like me. You have a song like, you know, Bird, and then the Travis Barker uh, featured song Spit, Happy Family, which is my personal favorite. Uh, the acoustic song Free, Woodstock 99, you covered every freaking genre here. And by that, I mean, using these sounds of, you know, goth and, and hip hop, uh, rap, metal, industrial, I felt, now hear me out, I felt uncomfortable i felt it was relentless it was vexing but all in a good way and it was kind of like a release for me you know makes me want to go back and listen to it over and over again it's been a while since an album has scared me and i listened to this album in the dark which i don't recommend (laughs) which is great and you have this you have this identity and, and within your sound and you're growing with it but walk me through this you know how much did things change from when you first started composing on Penny Christ to where you ended up finishing it? Was there already a specific sound you had in mind for this album? There was no specific sound. I mean, I think like the songs like Church Hooker and Spit and stuff, I feel like that's kind of what people were expecting to hear from me on Roadrunner. You know, it's like, mm-hmm. okay, she's on Roadrunner. She's going to do hard 
heavy screaming stuff and I'm so much more than that so but that is a part of me as well so I just wanted to include every aspect of me like I am inspired by all different kinds of rap and pop and acoustic shit and you know like all of that is important to me um so yeah it just was I wanted it to be every part of me every influence of me and that I've ever had and I really think I did that I knew I named the album Panty Christ like a year or two before I even started working on it because I just knew that it needed to be the album and I wanted all I knew was I need this to be me being the healed whole invincible indestructible self-aware version of myself like superhero version of myself like that's what this album's going to be and whatever it sounds like whatever songs are on there whatever it is like that's what I need it to be and so I set that intention and then um then like corona happened and life took its course like I had my spiritual awakening and everything like while I was working on these songs and writing this album and so like a lot of the songs like like manic monday was literally like me on a monday having a manic episode like i'm writing the song as i'm like on the ground like haven't eaten in days like having a manic episode where like all the trauma is coming out of me and like all of this is like it was written while having this spiritual awakening like complete healing experience so much pain and like getting all this self-awareness and changing my life and everything like I wrote this whole album in the process of that like free was on the darkest saddest day of my entire life where I really wanted to fucking die and I recorded that song on my bathroom floor alone on garage band and even the label like was like this doesn't even need to be mixed. This just needs to be exactly how it is. And it's like, it's crazy that like a garage band recording on my bathroom floor is like on, went on a major label on an album, you know, but that's how real and raw this was for me. It's just like, this is the whole experience of going through surviving so much trauma and hell for many, many years. And then like just breaking yourself down and building yourself back together in in the most healed and happy version of myself so yeah it's it was it's as real and raw as it gets and and that's a big part of what makes this album so effective is the production because it was it it sounded sharp yet yet dirty at the same time it was so well-rounded it was it all ends of the spectrum were covered on this album producing mixing mastering who did you go to for that? Did you bring in a team to get that out? Or is that something that you were involved no. in yourself? Yeah, I've always kind of like just bounced from producer to producer. I don't have like one producer that I always work with. I usually like I've done a couple songs. I mean, my engineer, uh, Johnny, his name's Italian Leather. He records all my vocals. He produced a couple songs on this. He's produced songs on daddy loves you so like he's the only person that's like consistently i've been around and that's just because he's the chillest person who's like never acted crazy or out of pocket with me in la ever the last couple years like he started recording me when i just started out he was recording me for free like he's just always been there for me and held me down so he's he did happy family woodstock 99 um worked on a couple other ones like he's he's always solid in there but for the most part I always I don't know I think because that's also an intimate relationship and I've had a lot of issues working with people that like I kind of feel like I did like one song with a different person pretty much on everything like um and I just worked with one person person to person and all these people like usually I feel like people totally miss the mark and don't get what I'm trying to explain but like it just so happened that like every single producer that I sat down with like really took in what I was trying to do with this album and understood it and delivered it perfectly like Dylan Brady from 100 Gex he produced Apology and the song Panty Christ and Panty Christ was the first song 
and first session I did for the album, did it with him. And I just sat there and he like, doesn't really say much. He's pretty reserved, quiet person. And, and I was like, I want to die and be dead in the dirt in the cemetery and like raise my hand through the dirt, like Carrie and like come back to life. And I'm going to have escaped from hell and I'm back. And like, I just said all that to him. And then he was just like, okay. And turned around and like made the instrumental of Panty Christ exactly what it is. Like the funeral in the beginning, like everything. And it was like, wow, you fucking nailed that, bro. That never happens. Like that was like my mind exactly like pulled like, like the song translate, out. Translated mind. into the visuals. And, yeah, it was uh, and I, I absolutely love that music video. Now, um, now, Dana, we talked about it before. Uh, the interview started this is the part that i was talking about because you know between writing and structuring the songs and the production process usually ask about themes on this next segment and i'm hoping you can shed some more light on this because i'm going to quote you here i want my music to make other women feel free and supported like i have their back in this panty christ we talked about the title right it's the healed whole uh superhero indestructible version of of yourself You've been through hell and back you're, and you're a survivor and you're, you're a testament to that. And Dana, you released this album at a very interesting and important time as well. And by that, I'm talking about this abortion law recently here in Texas and strict as you can get stricter than strict banning the procedure as early as six weeks into a pregnancy. You can't even de- detect a heartbeat at that point. And it's clear to me, hear me out. It's clear to me that it's not giving women control of their bodies the fact that we're here in 2021 with people still making decisions about women's bodies and their rights is fucking ridiculous it shows that we have a a long way to go but i'm interested in hearing your thoughts on this event i'm going to give you the floor here and no need to filter yourself we had enough of that filtering shit these days but this is meaningful to me because especially many of of my friends who have been negatively affected by this emotionally and personally for someone like you the road you've been on I feel as if, you know, you can be a voice for many. You already have been a voice for many. Releasing an album that has the message that it does at a time like today. Um, I know I'm throwing a lot at you, but but go ahead and take it from here. I, I want to hear your thoughts on this as far as just the timing of, of all this. Yeah, it's like, yes, that is great timing, but there is nothing fucking great about this bullshit that's going on. I Even the fact that there's incentives for people to rat on people having abortions, like 10 grand or something you can get. And if you're a victim of rape or incest, you still aren't allowed to have an abortion. It's like, what is the thought process of these fucking politicians? Like, really, really, what the fuck is the rationale? Like, you don't you don't want that. Like, nobody wants this to be a thing. So I honestly can't even fucking comprehend that it's going on. It's just like, what, how, where, why? Don't understand it at all. And it's really mm-hmm. fucked up. And yeah, as far as like six weeks, I don't, I don't even know. That makes no sense. We need to fight this. Like I, even with, I don't know, politics and shit. I mean, as far as like the justice system, even like I have little faith. I've experienced like zero success with justice with like, you know, people who have hurt me as a child. So like, I don't, I don't know. I've been talking with my manager about this. Like I have a song called IUD. I have an IUD, which is like before we even talk about like abortion and um, having a baby pregnancy, it's like the options for birth control for women are actually a fucking joke and have been. And they're so archaic. And it's like that's, I think, where the problem stems from and why pregnancy is like why abortion is so important and is so needed is because we're not offered proper options for um, birth control as women. It's very archaic. It's like we could take these pills that fuck with our hormones and make us crazy. And like, I think so many people have been on birth control for so long and it changes their personality and they don't even know because we're just used to this. It's normalized. But for me, I took like eight different kinds of birth control shit made me suicidal like I'd be like screaming laughing then like bawling my eyes out one second to the next it was just like 
that is not an option for me. And I've had two abortions. And when I think about it, because it's like, I want to do whatever I can to help women be able to have abortions in Texas. That is so important. So then I think about, but why did I even have those two abortions? I had those two abortions because I had to stop taking the birth control pills that I was because they were making me suicidal. It's like, you know, that's not safe for me. And then the, there's the copper IUD, which is the only one that my body, like that's the only birth control that exists in the world that doesn't have any hormones in it. Hmm. And the process to put that inside you, you know, those like the drain snakes with the little things on them to like put in your sink and then you pull out the hair. Yeah. That's what the measuring stick looks like to put a copper IUD inside you. They literally have to put this like drain pipe thing to measure your uterus and you lay there awake with no anesthesia or any painkillers at all. And you're supposed to just raw dog this. And most women can't take that physical pain. So a lot of people don't even have the copper IUD because it's too physically painful to insert. So the only option is either like birth control or whatever. So like I went and I wanted to get the copper IUD and I have a very high pain tolerance and I had to tap out. It was too fucking painful. I was like, I can't do this. And so then they were like, oh, well, there's this other thing called the Nuva ring. Like you just like slide it in like a hair tie and it just stays in your vagina. So I did that. That thing ended up giving me an eye infection for six months. I needed eye surgery. I was like very mentally unwell and it was like, I didn't want to take that. I was forced into that option because I'm, I do not want to have another abortion. I've already had two. And all of this bullshit is, is because the options are not good and they're not educated and they're not supported. And I did my research online eventually. And I found out that if, especially if you have experienced sexual trauma, um, you can advocate for yourself to be put to sleep for that insertion process. And so that's what ended up, I ended up getting, I found like a doctor who gave a shit about what I'd been through and that I don't want to go through any more pain. And I got put to sleep, but also that's like a whole process with insurance and all this shit, you know, when like, it's like, I feel like when men have to have the endoscopy or whatever the fuck, like thing up their butt, like getting their butts checked or whatever, like, you get put to sleep for that because it's so painful or at least you get anesthesia. So, you know, we're not offered any of this shit. And that's why there's, we all have to have abortions. Like no one wants to have an abortion, you know? Mm-hmm. Um, so there's just, there's just so much wrong. And I think like, I was thinking about like, what can I do to help? I really would like to start um, a fund for IUDs and be able to like help women get IUDs without the hormone in it and get support to have them be able to have anesthesia for the insertion and make that like have them be educated that that's even an option. I think like I'd love to raise awareness around that. And ultimately these laws need to be changed. It's not acceptable. It's archaic as fuck and it needs to be changed. But I understand that that is a process. It takes a lot of advocacy and, you know, it's, it's political shit and that's so tricky and it takes time. This absolutely needs to be happening and fought against and refused. And in the meantime, I do think it's another thing we need to talk about is how fucked up birth control is. And it basically like, I had no choice, but to get pregnant twice or else I just like, wouldn't have sex. And also when you're a young teenage girl and you have a boyfriend, it's like, it's very hard to stick up for yourself with that stuff. They don't fucking understand, you know? And they expect you to explain yourself like, Oh, okay. Why, 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 why? The fact that this is like political, sorry. I'm like, I'm, I'm losing. Let me know what I can do here in Texas for you because, um, in other words, please come to Texas and save us. <laughs> That's another I actually, like, actually want to go to Texas and, and be there and like actually put my fucking feet on the street there and like 
do something because it is so fucking unbelievable and insane that this is happening. And I'd love to, I really would love to do something in Texas and for real, I want to like, let get, me know. I, I, I want to be able to donate I'll, a bunch I'll, of I'll, Yeah. I would love to help you organize something like that. Um, yeah. Just, I'm, just to be I'm a in, voice, I'm you talking know? about it. I feel like no one's doing that. Like at least around here, it's, it's just, uh, it's like kind of what more can we do now? Like, I'm just, it, you know, it's just the emotional exhaustion that I see from my friends, you know, my female friends in particular who are just, they're, they're scared. They're frightened, you know? And yeah, it's like, if this law was in place when they had their abortion, when, when they had it, you know? it's that's that's another thing to think about it's it's just again i feel like i feel like we could just dive into this subject um for (laughs) forever but um there are there are some abortion funds and support things i've seen in texas that i've i have saved and i'm going to be looking into all of them and seeing like how i can help and what i can do but we really need to fucking stand up for women there and help them support them and do something about this and the legal system i i just like don't even fucking have faith in them anymore but i feel like at least having the proper birth control and options and support with that is like a, a way in the meantime to fix it yeah exactly um Sorry, <laughs> you just said so much that was just very meaningful to me. And, and I, I hope this, um, I can't wait till this episode goes live for so many of my friends to hear. I know it'll mean a lot to them. Uh, Dana, uh, thank you from the bottom of my heart for sharing everything. And, you know, lastly, you know, we covered a good amount of ground on this awesome interview. I, again, I, I can't wait till you come to text. I would love to see you live. That's for, oh, for yeah, one thing. I, I mean, I, that, I mean, I mean, and please come to Dallas. I, yeah, we, you already went to Austin. Come to Dallas first. <laughs> Go to Austin. <laughs> um, yeah. I would love to stay in touch with you after this interview. You know, uh, you know, as as you're telling me all these things, what is the most rewarding part for someone like you who is now at this point in their career? You know, from from your upbringings to to music, modeling, stripping, touring, the then titties fan base. At the same time, you've been involved with uh, so many other you know different aforementioned talented bands, artists, individuals throughout that timeline that we have discussed. As a musician, as uh, as an artist, hell, as as a human being, you know, do you ever just stop for a moment to take a look back at how far you've come? Yes, perspective is very important, especially having dissociation disorder. It's very easy for me to like not feel like things are real. So I've been practicing in the past year, like grounding and perspective, and looking at like. Cause sometimes, you know, I feel like it's this never ending rat race with like, Oh, millions of followers and all these streams and the TikTok and that. Mm-hmm. And it's like, uh, I feel like what baby Dana, like what would baby Dana think of Dana now? And like baby Dana would fucking love me now. Like she would, she'd be stoked. She'd be so happy. And, you know, I think like a lot, a lot of my dreams have come true And I mean, like the most important thing, the most rewarding thing is like this morning, I got a DM from this girl who talking about happy family, like she um, heard the lyrics and everything and then decided to do some research and got some therapy and then discovered she had dissociation disorder since she was 10 and unlocked a lot of things that happened to her in her life. And she's making sense of things and she's feeling really good and empowered and like, she's ready to start healing. And to me, that's like, that is like bigger than winning a Grammy or like my album going fucking 40 times gold. Like to me, that's so much more like, to me, that is the Grammy, you know, it's like, I got to help somebody else in the way that I needed help. Um, I got to do that for another person and that's why I do this. And that's why I want to make music and create visuals and have an album and like perform is like, I want to make other people feel and affect other people in a positive way. And, 
and empower and uplift and like help other people get rid of their shame and, and all that they carry that they don't need to. So like, that's, that's the best, best fucking part. It's why I'm, I'm going to keep going and keep doing this and go harder. Cause I love to see that. And I love that perspective and you're already doing that. And it, just the fact that you can reach one person and I mean, you've reached so many people already and it, we're not even a week removed from, you know, the album release. I think it's, I think it's important to sometimes kind of just, you know, take a step back and, and remind yourself why you do what you do, kind of just exhale and then look at it from the outside before you go back in. And um, it's easy to lose track of who you are uh, as you become more successful and, and yes. to see to see the road that you're on. And I feel like, I mean, you're an inspiration, even to me, you know, like I, I grew up in, you know, I wasn't born in the States. I was born in Bangladesh. I grew up in poverty and I'm a person of color. And I, I, I've struggled with a lot getting to this point and talking to amazing people like you is the reason why I do this. I wouldn't be here if it wasn't for the music you put out. So much appreciation to what you've done uh, throughout your career. Dan, this has been a deep conversation, right? We're going to yes. end things here. Now, usually, <laughs> usually I end my interviews on a pretty fun note. I, w- I was going to ask, like, we touched on themes here and uh, here and there do you have five favorite movies that you can think of at the Ooh. top of your head i'm putting you on the spot well, i've been putting you on the spot the one. entire interview i'm putting you on the spot once again so <laughs> okay number one my number one favorite movie that i'm obsessed with that i feel like is me as a movie um and i make like I've made every boyfriend I've ever had watch this movie with me. And if like we vibe to it, then they're meant to be like okay. this movie. My best friend has the tattoo of the movie. It's, it's building. Like our thing. It's building. <laughs> Wild at Heart. Um, Great Wild movie. Wild at Heart by David Lynch starring yeah. Nicolas Cage and Laura Dern. Greatest movie of all time. Um, I'm obsessed with that. Everything is amazing about that movie. Um, Natural Born Killers, very similar to that oh, movie. Oh, man. Yeah. Another one of my favorites. Um, I love that love story. And, like, you know, my mullet twin, uh, Mallory. She's I love your mullet. <laughs> big inspo. Big inspo for that. I love Bride of Chucky. Just, like, I love Oh, you have to have... You, I feel like you have to have that movie there. Like, for someone like you, I'm not surprised at all. Like, for, right? especially <laughs> with... I'm like, come on. <laughs> yeah, Bride of Chucky. All right. Um, so fucking good. God, that um, scared me. That scared me when I first saw that. This is scary anymore. I, 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 I think, I mean, I saw that when I was younger, and you know, it's. I think I'm. I think I'm a closet horror fan. As I, as I start thinking about, because I really love movies like Twenty Eight Days Later and The Witch. You know, I, just something about the mysterious, like the mystery behind those movies. Anyway, sorry, I didn't mean to interrupt you there, but <laughs> but but uh, we're talking about horror. I just want to mention how much I'm I'm appreciating the genre more and more as these movies are coming out but to go on theme with like my name and what i'm all about there's a movie called i spit on your grave yep the new one or old one both okay like Both great the movies. OG one and then the newer one is like so nasty and intense and like oh my god it's like very gore but like so i saw both movies <laughs> there's satisfaction with that um how many is that that's four that's four one more i mean uh, also, uh, Batman Returns, Tim Burton. Classic. Yeah, that's another one of my favorites, specifically because Michelle Pfeiffer's Catwoman suit and her character in that. Um, the way that her latex like shines, I think it like made a mark on my soul as a child and like yeah. stayed deep in me. And I think that's where like the the whips and the latex and stuff where that comes from and me oh. is like that left a fucking mark because there's nothing like that outfit like the shine the texture the sound of it like everything um there there's a video i saw you were you just performed in the uk and you're on stage with the exact outfit i i think because you had the latex you had the whip i think and yeah um i was also gonna ask you dressed up as Catwoman last halloween is that right well, no, I, for my song, Trust No Dick, I had, um, I had a girl recreate Michelle Pfeiffer's Catwoman suit, like to a T, like identical. And yeah. that's what I'm wearing in the music video for that. So like, I always have that suit around. <laughs> so what do you have for this Halloween coming up? 
I mean, if we're going to have a Halloween. Ideas, yeah. It seems like we are. Fingers crossed. Yeah, fingers crossed. So that's the thing. I don't think I even had a costume last year because it was like COVID. So I'm still still waiting to see I don't, I, but if i know, do not, it'll be epic it may not even matter you you have your you have your elements when you're on stage so you can just the thing is halloween for me now is becoming more of a holiday because every day of my life is halloween hey Hallow- halloween is my birthday is in october all right so halloween okay. is one of my it's my favorite time of the year so you're talking to the perfect person here all right so yes we got that all covered like obviously it's my favorite month and that's when i go to all yes. the stores and get all my props and stuff it's like especially like the day after halloween like bitch, i'm going to spirit let's go like it's like that's when it like starts for me and- um and that's, so, that's yeah. also when the weather's perfect. And that's why I'll be in Cali next month. I've never been to Cali in October. I've been in Cali in every month except my birthday month. Like, what the hell? But anyway. <laughs> it's, still, it's still fucking summer every day. Perfect every day. Man, uh, Dana, this has been great. I know we clocked in over an hour. <laughs> I don't know if we were we planned that, but this was so great. It didn't feel like an hour. Um, do you have any, again, thank you from the bottom of my heart for everything that we talked about. I can't wait till. Thank you. It's so nice to oh. talk with a man about fucking birth control and abortions and there's, like there's not enough of us out there i feel like we just there just nobody speaks up about this and i feel like i i want to be at least be that representation of a man talking about this because nobody's fucking <laughs> opening their mouth and i'm like what? No, it's, like, like, it's like, really what? important like, it's, it's like there are rules we have to follow subconsciously and it, it just seeps in the more and more this shit goes on um again that's a a rabbit hole that I, I don't even know. Yes. Dive into, the patriarchal but. structure. Fucking a, um, uh, but you but know, you're, you're breaking that. So yeah. keep yeah. fucking being you and, and talking about that stuff and being a genuine fucking human being. No, thank you for being you. Like, I love that. This was, this is why, what I love. I learn much about myself as I'm learning from my guests. That's why it's never just another interview. It's always a, a conversation about why you do what you do how you do it and what you want to do in the future. And it's something I can draw inspiration from some other people can draw inspiration from. And that's why I started my music publication The music runs in my family and it only makes sense for me to do something like this. And um, again, uh, again, thank you again for everything. Let's stay connected. I can't wait till we do this in person someday. You know, we can talk yeah. about how we did the interview during the pandemic, even though yes. who knows how long this will continue, but Dana, do you have any last words? Just any shout outs? I'll, I'll promise I'll let you get off, get out the roof now. I think it's <laughs> you're baking. Up there. Uh, do anything you'd like to plug in or mention as far as uh, your music, Canty Christ? I don't know if you have a new music video coming out soon. Touring. Yeah, I'm going, I'm going to be doing um, a music video for Woodstock 99, which oh. I had to change the title to D Stock 99 because yes, HBO. Did did the documentary Woodstock 99 like literally three months before I announced this did, even though did I you see my- that documentary oh yeah I watched it right away man so oh man oh man what a good it blew my mind um but I anyway. love that that documentary came out because it's it will help people understand why I have a song called Woodstock 99 and the meaning behind it and like the irony of that being my favorite music festival of all time, you know, it's like, that was my favorite of all time. Yet there was all this going on, which also relates to my life. It's like my whole life feels like Woodstock 99. Holy shit. Um, yeah. I can't, I can't wait to see that. I remember my, my, my brother's girlfriend posted on Facebook today. Do I know anybody who's been to Woodstock 99? I'm like, what? And so like, I'm, I'm about to go back and check the comments to see, cause yeah. uh, it, it's, it's, it's our, it's our generation. I mean, I mean, we're all in, we're all in our thirties, but you know, it's like, she may have known people who've been affected by that negatively. And yeah, I I'm, talked I'm, to some people who went and sounded absolutely horrifying and scary. <laughs> yeah. And on the surface, it just looked like, oh, Limp Biscuit is doing what they're doing. Rage Against Machine and all these other bands, but they don't know what's what really happened the whole the whole fire thing like i had no idea i was just blown away i have an 18 year old sister who watched that documentary with me and she and it terrified her you know so in 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 the grand scheme of things i'm glad it raised awareness for a generation like hers but um anyway uh i'll let you go here dana will stay connected everyone who's listening this is the legendary yes legendary dana dentata 
uh please do us a favor and buy panty christ because the you know the bands yeah. can't do it artists can't do it without your help it dropped last week on roadrunner records i can't wait to see where you go from here uh oh, stay yeah. safe uh stay well um i can't wait for that music video and we'll stay in touch and i will see you in texas sooner yes. than later hopefully yes praying for it all right dana take care i'll talk to you next Thank time you okay so much. amazing talking to you you too bye-bye Hey guys, thanks for listening to Interview Under Fire podcast. If you guys liked what you heard, please subscribe and share our channel. And please leave a five-star review as that helps us tremendously. If you'd like to check out more, visit www.interviewunderfire.com or our social media channels on Facebook, Instagram, and YouTube. And finally, we want to thank you all for the support you've been giving us. Keep it burning.